No one becomes a dentist just for the money, because no one loves sticking their fingers in other people's mouths. So why do we get up every day, comb through stacks of resumes, take calls after hours, and get our hands dirty? Welcome to the Lucrative Dentist Podcast, where your hosts, Drs. Bobby Stanley and Phil Shaheen, discuss the role the bottom line plays in allowing us to accomplish our true mission, taking care of people in our communities, our teams, and our families. So, Phil, a lot of my colleagues who are PPO practices or heavily PPO feel like that they're limited on the services that they can offer to their patients. You know, I think it's a thought process. Uh, If you decide that you want to be limited, you will be. But in reality, we offer all our patients comprehensive dentistry. They might refuse it. They might not see the value in it. They might not be, um, you know, looking to getting it done, but we still offer you know, the best treatment. When they bring up, you know, the, the fact that, you know, they have insurance and they only want to do what insurance covers, sometimes it's a moot point. We look mm-hmm. at them, it's like, look, you have neglected your dental care for so many years and now you have insurance, but unfortunately that insurance is really a coupon. Mm-hmm. It's going to give you $1,500 off. Let's do this. Here's $1,500. Now, can we talk about what you need? Yes, I love that. And and it, it registers with them. And we don't say that in a mean way or anything, but just in a reality way. Like, mm-hmm. look, now you have insurance. That's great. You're here. Now we can talk and actually discuss what exactly is best for you. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to jump on, on board with the treatment plan immediately. But at least we've talked about our options. And sometimes it's going to be a maintenance situation for a little bit until you're ready mentally and financially to do the big treatment. But you would be surprised how often we do large treatments in our practice, and yet we are a PPO practice. That's amazing. You know, I find that we have commonality there even with a fee-for-service practice because fee-for-service doesn't mean that everybody's walking in with cash in their pocket. They are still many, many, many insurance patients who may or may not be PPO. Um, We're just not in network. And so we're still helping them with their insurance, and they're still making the same decisions that your patients are making. And oftentimes some of those decisions are based on insurance. Now, a lot of my colleagues have felt like if you're fee-for-service – then you have to market heavier for your pra- your patients. And, you know, you and I teach the million-dollar dentists, and we teach dentists how to be profitable. And one of the things we talk about is marketing. And I agree that I heavily market. I know you heavily market. But one of the things that we teach our doctors is that if you're PPO and you're doing adjustments on your fees, then you have to count that as part of your marketing budget um, because that is bringing in new patients. So being in network or being part of a PPO, it's bringing you more more patients, and you do need to look at that as part of your marketing budget. So, so absolutely. Here's what I'm going to tell you how I view my PPO discount. It's my marketing to have cleanings and families getting established and patients coming in out of nowhere. I never market to patients come and see me for a cleaning or, hey, here we are. We're the best. Come and see us. I don't think that's an effective method of marketing. I agree. My marketing is more specific. I target the procedures we want to do more of. If you remember when we spoke uh, at a previous podcast about profit margin on procedures, we market the procedures that give us the highest profit margins. And, And some of us will say, well, how can you market a crown? Well, 
obviously you're not marketing the crown itself. What you really are marketing is what it does for you, how it makes you feel, or mm -hmm. what problem does it take care of. By that I mean if you're in pain, most likely you need a root canal and a crown. So then you market to people who are having issues. If you're trying to get a smile makeover, you're gonna try to market on people that want to have a confident smile. You don't wanna market to the solution, but you wanna market to what people want. I and it's that. a big difference um, in the verbiage, but you're that. the solution provider. So the marketing dollars that you're spending is not necessarily marketing to PPO patients or marketing to patients in general, and these Absolutely. may be cash paying patients, because the PPO is bringing in your bread and butter patients, Absolutely. bringing in the patients that are going to keep, you know, do the general dentistry, and then you're marketing to other things that you love to do that are high profit margins that can actually help patients. Absolutely, and that's and that's the way uh, it should be seen. Now, not every PPO. Uh, insurance is created equal. There are some that are better than others, and there are some that are better in certain states than others. Mm -hmm. I mean, lately in the past six months or a year, I keep on hearing about the Delta Dental in California and how it's ruining every dentist there. And I can't speak on that because I will tell you, Delta Dental for our practice is amazing. Yes. I, I don't know what else to say. We don't have too much trouble with them. Uh, there's also different ways that you can, you know, utilize the PPO mm -hmm. in your practice. And that's a secret that maybe uh, we can discuss on another podcast. But for example, I am not a PPO provider on the Delta, but everybody else in my practice is. I'm just a, you know, a Delta Premier provider. I don't take PPO, but my associates do. So as a practice, we're a PPO provider, but depending on which provider you see, you could get in a different you know, set of coverage. And each provider offers different services. And each provider offers different services. Amazing. Yeah. You know, um, just because you're not a PPO provider, just because you are fee-for-service, does not mean that you can't see those patients. And I think that's important that dentists understand that because you may choose not to be in network and you may feel like then all those patients are out. They, they can't come into your practice. We have many, many patients in our practice that are Delta Dental, that are, are part of a PPO. They just uh, get benefits as an out-of-net network provider from us. So we can still see those patients. And we have patients who call all the time and ask, are we a network? And what we tell them is, we're not contracted with any insurance company. However, we have many patients in our practice with that insurance, and they, they're able to use their benefits. And I think that when patients ask you if you take their insurance or if you are in network, I think what they're really asking you is, can I afford you? Because they've already decided they want to come to your practice. They just want to know if they can afford you. And I'm going to tell you, Every patient can afford me because we're going to make it fit in their monthly budget so that they can get what they need and what they want, whether it's through insurance or uh, through financing. So I think just because a patient asks if you're a network and you're not, that doesn't change the fact that that patient could not be a patient of yours. I absolutely agree with you. And, and sadly enough, um, dental insurance in, in this country is, needs a revamp. I agree. Um, it's archaic. I, I really don't even understand how they offer this as a benefit when it's so minimal 
I mean, if you think about it, somebody's paying a premium between the employee and the employer to get on average $1,500 of benefits. It doesn't matter how much coverage you get, 100%, 80%, 50%, that doesn't matter. They're gonna give you a maximum of 1,500. Maybe 2,000 if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. A lot of them offer 1,000. Nowadays in dentistry, what can you do with $1,000? Not a lot. And it's not changing, yet inflation oh my God. is changing. I haven't seen those numbers go up. I, mean, I think the best insurance I've ever seen had a maximum of 5,000. Wow. And that that's very rare and it's only in certain special circumstances, but it hasn't changed. So education is extremely important. As much as in, in the fee-for-service arena, where you explain to your patients that even if you are uh, uh, with a certain insurance, we will take your insurance. We will just offer out-of-network benefits. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it, the difference is not that much. One thing people don't know is out-of-network um, benefits are sometimes better than in-network benefits. Yes. So they, yeah. they, they, the patient might end up having to pay only a very small difference. Yes. So... And when, when we're looking at the, the PPO arena, I always put it out there. First of all, I never talk about insurance because I always look at, them, at the patient and say, look, for all I know, you have no insurance. I don't know. I agree. This is not my I agree. prerogative. This is not my department. I'm not here to discuss your insurance or your ability to pay. I'm here to discuss what do you want and what, can I, what solution can I offer? I love that. And then... Once we figure out where we're going, then we can start talking about numbers. And guess what? I personally never talk about numbers because I know I'm going to make a mistake. Well, I think it's really big that doctors do not talk about numbers. I think it's important to have somebody in your office who feels great about that. They're really good at it and confident, and they can discuss numbers. Because you know what happens when a doctor discusses numbers? Then what? the patient thinks you're putting all that money in your pocket. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. That is correct. I've had patients who have said, I'm going to put your kids through college. I'm going to buy you a boat. And, and we know that's not true. So I think it's important that dentists don't discuss finances. But that's another topic. We'll go back to insurance. I don't think patients understand how dental insurance works either. And that's how the insurance company wants it. Oh, I agree. They don't want them to understand. <laughs> I agree. It's really a shame. It's really a shame. Oftentimes a patient will walk into the office and they'll say, I have insurance. And they just think it's just like their medical insurance where they pay a small copay or, or you know, most things are written off. And I've even had patients say to me, I can't believe I have to pay something towards my cleaning. And it's not 100%, even There's though they say it's education. 100%. There's a lack of education out there. Uh, something funny happened about 10 years ago. A lot of insurance, dental insurance companies stopped issuing dental cards, identification cards. Do you know why? No. They did a research that has proven that if you don't see the card physically, you forget that you have the benefit. That makes so sense. So then you use it less. How do insurance companies make money? As if they bring in the premiums, which most of the premiums are paid by the employer. So right. the employee's portion could be $4 a month. For $4 a month, you're not going to remember that you're paying for it. So oh, it's not a, it's not a if, value there. Yeah. And if you, you don't see the card, the tendency is you forget that you have it, therefore you don't go. And it doesn't apply to everyone, but less people go, therefore the company can keep more of those premiums for them, you know, for their profits. That's amazing. Sneaky little. It things. is sneaky. <laughs> it is sneaky. But no, it's uh, 
as long as we educate the patient on what exactly their insurance is there for, mm-hmm. there it's for you know general maintenance and one or two repairs a year. Mm-hmm. That's how I explain it. This is not for the catastrophic. This is not for the uh, full rehab. The one thing I like to do with my patients all the time is analogies. Dentistry is complicated. So stop talking about it in dentistry term. You know what people are used to? Cars and homes. Mm-hmm. You have a home, you need to maintain it. At some point, you're going to need to replace the roof, Yes. replace your furnace, redo the kitchen, redo the bathroom. Yes. They understand that. Uh, same thing with your car. Guess what? Everybody that owns a car knows the day they buy the car that one day you will need four new tires yes. after you do 40,000 miles on it. You already know that. It's very easy to understand. You know you need an oil change. You know you need new brakes after a certain amount of time. So as long as you bring that into perspective and you explain to them, do you expect your auto insurance to pay for your brakes? No. For your tires? No. So why don't you get upset at them? You're well, exactly right. The, the auto insurance is here in case I have an accident. Oh, in case you have an accident. See, so the maintenance part, sometimes you have to pay for it. Yes. What do you do with your teeth all day long? You chew. You use them. Yep. Wear and tear. Wear and tear. Well, sometimes there's a certain fee to maintain this, right? So, uh, of course, it's not exactly the same as auto insurance, but, but once you put it in perspective and you talk about it as, hey, you have a home, you have homeowner's insurance, they're not going to pay for your roof yes, yes, because you need maintenance. You have to pay for a new roof X, every X amount of years. Yeah, they don't pay for a broken toilet. You I have the had such great um, treatment acceptance after I use these words. It's incredible. People just say, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. I have teeth. I'm 50 years old. I've been chewing on them since the age of 12. And they're used up. They're worn out. And, of course, I'm not the greatest. I I clench my teeth. I grind. I uh, smoke. I I chew on ice. I need some rehab. I think that's important. And that's what I use when when we're trying to do a full arch or, or anything. And do you know how many full arches we do on patients on PPO? Because in the end, the PPO does not cover that. Yeah, that's amazing because you're exactly right. Even cosmetic dentistry, you think that if you're in PPO, you're not doing cosmetic dentistry. And you're saying you're doing full arch implants, which insurance doesn't full cover. Full arch implants, full arch crowns, uh, you know, open up the VDO. I mean, all these things because that's what they need and we discuss it. You know, I treat my patients as very smart individuals that are in charge of their own Healthcare, and just because a patient's on a PPO plan does not mean the patient's not financially no, able to take care not. of their health. So you're exactly right. You have to offer them the best service and let and, them decide. Yep, and utilize the benefits of their insurance. We do the same thing in fee for service. We utilize the benefits of their insurance, and we always look at what's best for the patient. We never judge the patient because I'm going to tell you, I've had hairdressers, I've had farmers, I've had cafeteria workers who have come in and spent fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars to restore their mouth, and they come in with cash. 
And I don't know where they get the cash. I don't care where they get the cash. They, some of them have been saving their whole life to have this one opportunity to change their life and be able to, to eat comfortably, to be able to smile more confidently. And for me to be able to give them that, what a blessing. Um, so no judging. No we judging. offer them whatever's best for them, and then they can make the decision. I think as a practitioner, the best thing you can do, regardless if you take insurance or not is just act like insurance is not part of the equation yes when you go to your physician there's no yes in the beginning when you make your appointment they ask about your insurance and things like that but they're going to treat you regardless of if you have insurance or not because whatever your disease is has to be you know taken care of and if us dentists would for a moment just put that aside stop being afraid of the insurance game yes Put it aside. It, it's a, it's a non-issue to our practice. You have insurance. You want to come here. Great. Now let's talk about what you need. Yes. But my insurance. Well, that's not my problem. Right. Let's let's discuss what you. Then once it's exposed and we talk about. And when I see somebody that has so much wear on their teeth, and I'm like, there's nothing else I can do for you but a full mount rehab. And I will explain to you why. Look at this and tell me what you think compared to what it should look like. Three quarters of the time, they tell me what the treatment plan is. Mm-hmm. They tell me that doesn't look great, doc. Maybe we should do something about it. Aha, perfect. Well, this is what it needs. We're not doing our patients any benefit to allow them to use just their insurance dollar year after year after year while their mouth is still falling apart. I, I totally agree with that. I often say to patients, if we could take time, money, and fear out of the equation, because those are the three things that limit patients. If we can take time, fear, and money out, I'm not thinking about it, you're not thinking about it, what would we do in your mouth today? That changes everything. Then once we know what that answer is, we can work backwards to make sure that the patient can afford it, that they're comfortable, we can get it done in a timely manner. I think it's a great world we live in. But the the secret... The sauce that you just talked about. You just asked the question, what do you want? I think too many of us dentists, we're, we're culprit of that. We don't listen enough. We come in with the white coat syndrome saying, I know best. Agreed. I'm not saying you don't know more, mm-hmm. but it's not up to you to say, I know best before you hear what they want. And some, some patients don't know at all what they want. But you have to give them the opportunity. And I love what you just said. If there was no restrictions of, you know, fear, money, or or what's the other one you said? Uh, time, fear, and money. I love it. And, and then you give them that option. You'd be shocked about the answers you're going to get. Yes, I agree. And then you can create a treatment plan that's adapted for them out of their answers. So what we're finding here is although you're heavily PPO and I'm majority fee-for-service, our practices still function the same. Absolutely, We still offer our patients the same services and patients are still um, receiving excellent care. And it's it's funny you say that. You're fee-for-service, but you still see patients with insurance. Yes. And I'm PPO and I still see fee-for-service patients. Exactly. We're all the same. So there you go. Just a different kind. Another episode of Million Dollar Dentist. We'll see you next time.